Michigan versus Michigan State on the basketball court this Saturday at Breslin Center. We look at what Michigan State needs to do to win and then also take a quick peek at what this Michigan Wolverine team is all about. And then Eli Collins hits the transfer portal. Marco Coleman is heading back home to Georgia Tech. And then do we want Andrew Anthony to transfer to Michigan State? Let's go. You are Locked On Spartans, your daily podcast on the Michigan State Spartans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. It's Bet Online where the game starts. Hello, family, friends of Spartan Nation. How on earth are we all doing? Thank you so much for kicking off your day with us here, or your mid afternoon or your evening, whatever you need. We're here for you at Locked on Spartans, your team, five days a week here. Uh, thanks a lot for your patience and waiting for this episode to drop a little later than normal. And this will also be the last episode of the week. Next week, we're going to be back in the home office. Uh, we'll be having video with YouTube. We'll have more guests. We're, we're going to be doing what we normally do on this show again next week. But for today's show, yes, Michigan basketball preview. We have some football to talk about with Eli Collins in the transfer portal. Marco Coleman heading back down south. And then, yes, hey, that receiver over there from Michigan is hitting the transfer portal. Starting with the basketball game, yes, at Breslin Center. Uh, hey, you know what? It's going to be a poppin' game, uh, the most anticipated home game of the season so far. Yeah, that Villanova game was pretty big, but let's not kid ourselves here. This is probably the biggest one that Michigan State will have at Breslin this year. So let's get to know a little bit about Michigan, who's been up and down, and a lot of downs and you know some moral victories along the way for them, like they played North Carolina close, Virginia close, Kentucky close. However, unfortunately, these guys have also played Ohio close. And no, that's not Ohio State. That is analog Ohio. They had to beat in overtime. They played Lipscomb very close. They played Jackson State a little closer than what you wanted to. Uh, Eastern Michigan was a one-possession game down late. And then, well... This wasn't just a, a close game. Actually, okay, it was a close game, but it was against Central Michigan, and they just straight up lost that one, if you remember, to close out their year of 2022. Now, however, in 2023, they do have some back-to-back -back wins. Uh, they beat Maryland by about 79,000 points, and then very quickly after, uh, Penn State. They just came off of a 10-point win against Penn State on Wednesday night, and, hey, as Michigan State fans know, that's a good Penn State team. Now, it was at Chrysler Center. It was not like Michigan State's where they had to go on the road to Happy Valley to win. But nevertheless, you beat that Penn State team by 10 points. Hey, that's a solid win. And look, th this comes from the ashes of their loss against Central Michigan, which was honestly like after all those games that I just listed off, the Ohio game, Lipscomb, uh, Eastern Michigan, Jackson State, if you want to throw it in there. That, that loss was probably a long time coming. Um, and yeah, they, they weren't able to pull the win out there. After that, though, sat down, had a players-only meeting. Uh, I understand it was like a festivus, you know, grieving or airing of the grievances with one, one another. A lot of straight talk in there. So that really turned their season around. So far, just for two games. I will say, this is a small sample size. It's just two games. Both games were at home. And now they're going to hit the road to Michigan State to face, well, a Spartan team. That has been looking pretty good as of late as well, especially with Malik Hall back in the fold. Uh, look, this is how we're going to break down Michigan. Uh, they, they are dictated by their big three. 
No doubt about that. And you probably already know who they are. They are Hunter Dickinson, freshman Jet Howard, and then sophomore Kobe Bufkin. Uh, Dickinson, look, it's his second uh, last year at Michigan State. You already know what he's all about. Uh, tall guy, seven foot one, um, plays a lot of inside, can shoot a three. You know, he's only averaging about one three point attempt so far this season. Hits it okay, like a 35, 38% clip. So, but no, he gets his work done inside the paint. Uh, we already know this because, well, it, I feel like we've seen 18 games of Hunter Dickinson versus Michigan State here. So, uh, the other player that we don't know anything about because it'll be his first game against Michigan State is six foot eight freshman Jet Howard, former top 40 uh, recruit, and he is a six foot seven uh, kind of a wing player. You know, he was listed as a recruit as a forward. He's been playing a lot of guard play for Michigan so far this season. He's a solid shooter. Uh, 37% from three. Will shoot six threes a game, so he likes himself a nice outside-the-perimeter shot. And then 73% free-throw shooter. So, you know, decent shooter for a guy his size, no doubt about that. And we're, we're going to get into matchups here in a hot second, but... The third guy, Kobe Bufkin, uh, former McDonald's All-American. Didn't really play a ton last season, I think just 10 minutes a game last year, but his usage has skyrocketed this season, and he's been you know, Michigan's third best player on the team. Sometimes, you know, game to game, the second best player, maybe once or twice this season, the best player, but yes, yeah, 6'4 guard out of Grand Rapids. So this is where Michigan State is going to have to find the keys to the game here of how are we going to match up against these guys. And Dickinson, okay, that's that goes without saying. That, that's going to be a little hard because you have Mati Sissoko. Okay, let's say he gets two fouls before the first under-12 timeout comes around. Are we really going to trust Jackson Kohler to do this? Do you throw Joey Hauser on him? Carson Cooper, come on down and burn up your five fouls. So I find it pretty hard to believe that Michigan State can just straight up shut down Hunter Dickinson. But... Hey, if you shut off all the other valves around this Michigan offense, maybe you can make it happen. Uh, and by make it happen, I mean get the win. Now, six foot eight Jet Howard, who is going to guard him? I could see it being any combination of maybe Malik Hall is the ideal candidate. However, as we all know, coming off of that foot injury, and he has played sparingly in the last two games. He's been effective, especially you know in that Buffalo game. He scored nine points in the first half, but. Getting out there and having a guy play world-class defense for 25, 30 minutes off a of foot injury, maybe a little too much to ask for, but we're going to find out just really how healthy Malik Hall is on Saturday because I think that's ideally who you'd want on Jet Howard. Now, if he can't do it, okay, like Jaden Akins, um, he's not a stranger to going up against guys that are a little bigger than him. A.J. Hogard maybe on Jet Howard if Jet Howard is rocking the hot hand because I think ideally... You want Hogard on Kobe Bufkin, uh, six foot two. I'm sorry, six foot four guard matches up really well physically with Hogard, so you'd feel good about that matchup right there. Um, and then Tyson Walker, you could throw on Doug McDaniel. That's Michigan's new point guard since Jalen Llewellyn uh, went out with an ACL injury, and uh, he's been fine. Uh, you know, Doug has been fine. So, yeah, I think what we're gonna see though on Saturday here is a lot of small ball. And we saw Michigan State kind of feature that a little bit against Nebraska. And I wonder if that was, hey, you know what? We're, we're beating Nebraska by about 60 points right now. Let's just do a dress rehearsal for Saturday. Let's get some small ball in the mix because I think a small ball lineup, for example, of, you know, let's call it A.J. Hogard, Tyson Walker, Jaden Akins, Malik Hall, Joey Hauser. Or, you know, you could plug in Pierre Brooks for Malik Hall. You, you know what I'm talking about. 
No center, no true center on the court, that is. I think we can see a lot of pluses there, especially for the offense, because that lineup I just named of Hogard, Walker, Aikens, Hall, and Hauser, okay, that's four players that shoot at least 37% from three. Uh, three of those guys actually shoot at least 40%. The only guy that doesn't shoot the three-point ball that well is A.J. Hogard, shooting it at 25%, but as we've seen this season, like he's not a stranger to just jack one up and... Sometimes he has the hot hand, and hey, yeah, he'll hit two or three in a game. So that might be the way to go, especially if Hunter Dickinson is on the court because, again, we've seen this guy play, I, I swear, a hundred times in this rivalry already. It's pretty well documented that kind of struggles in the pick and roll. Uh, not a lot of quickness there with the seven foot one player. That's one of the reasons why he came back for his junior year and why maybe he's not so high on draft boards is that quickness. So maybe Michigan State can exploit it there with the small ball lineup should, you know, Mati Sissoko be in foul trouble. Jackson Kohler's getting carved up on defense. Now the minuses of small ball is just the obvious one, right? Like let's say Hunter Dickinson is on the court. Okay, who's who's guarding him? Because <laughs> that seems like an automatic two points if he's posting up against Joey Hauser or maybe even Malik Hall. Uh, God, if he gets switched on to Jaden Akins, I'm not feeling really too hot about that. So might have to be a lot of double teaming. You're going to rely on Michigan, who's a fairly okay shooting team from three-pointer. You're, you're going to rely on Hunter, okay, finding the open shooter and then Michigan hitting that shot. Maybe that's a little hard to do on the road, but... That might be the strategy defensively should Michigan State be burying the Wolverines with small ball. So that's what I expect. Um, really quick, BartTorvik.com projects this as a four-point Michigan State victory. So there you have it. Use uh, that knowledge accordingly to your lives. Uh, we will be switching up sports here in a hot second. But first, just need to talk your ear off about Bet Online. That's right, the number one source for all your sports betting needs. Hey, if you want to throw a few shekels on the game this Saturday, do so at BetOnline.net. And as football ramps up their run to the playoffs, both pro and college, hey, BetOnline is your number one source for your betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there. From pro football, college bowl season, yes, that's right, just the championship game to go. And then basketball, hockey, hey, we got golf in the mix this weekend. Do it all at BetOnline.net. We're always the fastest and easiest way to get in on all of your sports betting info, so head to the website today, use your mobile device, learn more about the trends and action. That's right, gang, that is at BetOnline where the game starts. Now, let's start the second segment with, ah, it, you know what, a bit of sad news. Uh, it's Eli Collins. Uh, after five years at Michigan State, he is hitting the transfer portal. And I got to say, I, I am a little surprised at this, um, but maybe I shouldn't be. And uh, surprised because, look, he fought his way up the depth chart this year, started as that third running back, worked his way up to the second running back, really got considerable carries there in the middle of the season, but... And he's also just a, a mainstay in the program. I mean, five years at Michigan State, he's gone through the ups, he's gone through a lot of downs, no doubt about that. He had his uh, COVID year after his breakout redshirt freshman year where he almost had 1,000 rushing yards, but he caught COVID, uh, completely derailed his strength and conditioning, never really got off to a good start that season. And then, well, okay, your bounce back year, 2021, and injury almost instantly in that season. But hey, just like we also said, he just fought back, uh, worked his way up the depth chart, uh, became that running back who he, who we remembered who he was redshirt freshman year. And 
Now he's gone. Uh, after six touchdowns this year, uh, more than 1,500 career rushing yards at Michigan State, 11 rushing touchdowns in his career at Michigan State. He's out of here. And you know what? Like, I guess um, I'm surprised just because we're so used to seeing him, right? And he had one more year left, and we just assumed, oh, yeah, he's stuck around for through so many things. He'll come back. But I guess maybe it's not a surprise, right? Uh, this is why maybe we shouldn't be surprised is what I should say is that he has been here for five years, and yes, he is not going to be the starting running back next year, presumably. Uh, you could figure that Jalen Berger is going to be the top guy. They did get two transfer running backs in Nathan Carter, the guy out of UConn, which I know the staff feels very highly about, and then well, you also have Jaron Mangum, too, out of South Florida, but does Eli really want to come back here to fight to be the number two running back against Nathan Carter? Like I, I totally get it if he just looks at the whole situation and says, I've given everything I can. Uh, maybe I go to a different program where I can be a feature back or get, you know, at least part of the lion's share of rushes if it's going to be like a two-back system there. So, uh, obviously, wish him nothing but the best. Uh, you would be very, very, very hard-pressed to find anyone online or in person that knows he like personally that would say anything bad about this kid. And, yeah, he's a character guy. Um, every single cliche in the book you can knock off about Eli Collins. No doubt about that. So uh, this was an email that we got to from Gotham Spartan. Great emailer, by the way. Great listener. Uh, he just wanted us to go through the scholarship situation for Michigan State, what the limitations are, how many high school kids can they add, transfers can they add. And I reached out to Justin Thind of 24-7 Sports. He's been keeping this live uh tally of scholarship players and right now as it stands with Eli Collins transferring out Michigan State is at 82 scholarship players for next season now that could be on or off by one or two kids because they've had this big influx of transfers and a good amount of these transfers we're not sure if they're walk-ons or if they are on scholarship but so there's a little bit of gray area there, but right now the, the, our best guess is that Michigan State is at 82 scholarship kids, could possibly be 83 for, let's say, for example, Samar Melvin is on scholarship and we just don't know it. But regardless, you get 85 scholarships allotted per season now, and you can use those uh, with high school players or transfers. So this is a long way of saying that, let's say Michigan State is at 82 right now. Okay, they have room for three more kids, whether it be the transfer portal, which is still open right now, and then it will reopen after spring practice when kids start to figure out where they are truly in the depth chart. Or, hey, you know what? We got that other signing day coming up too in a few weeks. Let's uh, maybe nab a kid there. And that's something that Michigan State is actually active in doing right now. We talked about this kid a few weeks ago. Chimdi Ono, he is an offensive tackle, four-star offensive tackle prospect, I should say, out of Maryland. He was a former Old Dominion commit, absolutely positively blew up his senior year, so he is getting a ton of schools after him, like, well, some school Maryland is in the fold, Penn State's in the fold, Nebraska's in the fold, and Michigan State offered him as well. And actually, hey, he's going to be visiting in January. Uh, yes, January 20th, he is logged in for a visit, and I'm Almost positive this is his only visit that he has on the books right now at this very moment. So, yes, that, that could change, obviously. But, hey, Michigan State has a strong recruiting class with their offensive line already. Okay, they have Dellinger. They have Rommel. Maybe you add a four-star offensive tackle in Chimdi Ono. Also, uh, Keyshawn Blackstock as well, the junior college uh, transfer slash commit. I have to absolutely throw his name in the mix as well. But, hey, 
I'm not ever going to say no to a four-star offensive tackle, so maybe that's what Michigan State uses one of these last three slots for. Is Chimdi Ono. That's right, down at Maryland. So come on up, young man, for a visit. And hey, why don't you just commit while you're up here? So we'll be monitoring that situation in the next couple weeks. And then oh, another piece of sad news here. Uh, Marco Coleman. Yes, great defensive line coach for Michigan State last year. Um, obviously, we talked about the three-headed monster in Brandon Jordan, Marco Coleman, Kevin Vickerson. Well, one of those heads of that monster is being shipped back down to Georgia Tech, uh, Marco Coleman's alma mater. He is going to be taking a coaching position down at Georgia Tech. So no way to spin this one. Uh, that hurts. That That is a bummer, but it's not a situation where you look at it and be like, oh, what happened to loyalty? How could this happen? Oh, my, like, look, it's, it's a guy going back home to his alma mater where he started his career, and now he's going to go back down after a nice run at Michigan State. Very short run. Short run, no doubt about that, but after a nice little run up here at Michigan State going down to Georgia Tech, now that means Michigan State has, well, an assistant coach opening here. Is it just simply promoting Kevin Vickerson up to defensive line? Are they going to go outbound, external, and higher there? So right now, too early to tell what they're going to do here. Obviously, I'm sure Kevin Vickerson is going to be campaigning as hard as possible to get that spot as the 10th assistant coach, but... That's uh, that's where we're at right now. Maybe Michigan State, hey, maybe they grant my wish of just hiring someone that can just manage late games. Now, of course, that's not going to happen. They're not going to hire a coach and slap the label of late game manager so our coaching staff doesn't screw it up uh, as his assistant coaching role. But, uh, hey, that, that would be my vote in a fantasy world. So there you have it. Uh, also, it's time to hear from our great friends at Build. Bar! That's right, Built Bar. They are here to get your New Year's resolutions set off on the right foot. Uh, you've heard us talk about Built Bar for weeks, months, maybe even years. God help you if you've been listening to this podcast for that long, but we are talking about the greatest tasting protein bar in the land. They take care of you in three ways. The first one, well, the taste buds. All right, this tastes better than any candy bar you've ever had. And you're going to love these flavors like churro, peanut butter brownie, coconut, almond, cookies and cream. Uh, they have so many flavors. You just got to find them all for yourselves at built.com. Also, the second way they take care of you is, well, they take care of your body. Because as great as these taste on the taste buds, they feel even better on the body. These protein bars, most of them only 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, and a whopping 17 grams of protein. You want to start your workout or your day of yard work or your day of construction or you're just your, your day hanging out. On a positive note, you do it with a built Bar. And the third way they take care of you... Well, hey, that's right, is by taking care of your wallet. These are tremendously priced, no doubt about that. We have been talking for years about Built Bars, so what are you waiting for? Hey, get to Built.com to order your Built Bars. And hey, now you can even get them at your local Walmart or Sam's Club as well. That's right. Just head to your nearest Walmart today, walk into the pharmacy section, and grab yourself a box of Built Bars. You can pick up a four bar box of cookies and cream, double chocolate or coconut puffs. Do it today or head to built.com to get your built bars. Now, really quick note here uh, to end the show on. Hey, we're going to go locked on Wolverines here for a second, but we're going to turn this to locked on Spartans. Wolverines wide receiver Andrell Anthony. Yes, that's right. East Lansing native uh, turned Michigan State down to head to Michigan when he announced his commitment a few years ago. 
he is not with the Michigan program anymore. And of course, this is a very odd thing to do, talk about another school's transfer like this, but hey, look, the kids from East Lansing, uh, it was down to Michigan, Michigan State in the end. Maybe it's time to talk about this because online, at least, uh, there is a good faction of people that are like, what? bring him home. Bring this kid home. Andrell Anthony home, a receiver. Absolutely. Let's get him back. Let's right all the wrongs that happened of him turning us down to go to Michigan. Um, so the question simply is that I'm going to ask myself is, do we? want to take a look at Andrell Anthony. Do we want him to be one of the three available scholarships that we hand out this late in the cycle? And I'm going to be completely blunt and honest. Uh, that is going to be a no. That is going to be an N and then an O. Uh, no, I don't I don't see why, uh, <laughs> quite frankly. And look, if, if you think that I'm immature and petty enough to just say no because he did turn down Michigan State and go to Michigan on signing day, well, congratulations. You are absolutely correct. Uh, that is a very small reason, though. Uh, look, it wasn't a good moment for Michigan State. Anytime you lose one of these head-to-head battles is never good, especially when that kid is from East Lansing. Uh, yeah, that was just not a fun moment. So, no, I don't really care to do the whole, hey, <laughs> doors are still open, bud. Come on in. But, that, again, that's a very small reason. That's a selfish reason. That's just the, the child in me reason. Now, there's a football reason in here as to why uh, maybe not bringing him in is a good idea. And we're going to talk about last year's game, or two years ago, the 2021 Michigan-Michigan State game. That game did a lot of good for us. A, it was a win. Uh, We remember, as fans, almost every single snap of that game. It was the most historic matchup between these two teams. Michigan State got out on top. We saw a lot of things that we're going to hold on to forever, like how good of a player Kenneth Walker is, right? We also saw how destructive on the other side Aiden Hutchinson can be, Ojabo can be. They were wreaking havoc at times in that game. And then also, hey, we learned how dominant Andrell Anthony can be Or was that a mirage? Was that a mirage? Because I know we all remember that game, and one of the staples of that game was Andrew Anthony having two touchdowns. One of them was over 90 yards, and we're thinking, like, oh, my God, this true freshman's carving us up. This sucks. Oh, my God, he's going to be an animal for Michigan. Hey, guys, not really. He did that against one team and one team only in his career, and that was Michigan State. And one of those were on a 90-plus yard touchdown run when he was one-on-one with Angelo Gross. And how has that gone for Michigan State when they put him on -on one-on-one coverage? Uh, The secondary's not that great. Okay, Andrew Anthony had some good plays against the secondary. That was, well, quite literally amongst the worst in the nation. 50% of Andrew Anthony's career touchdowns came in that game. Almost 50% of his career receiving yards came in that game. Guys, he's not that great. Um, I'm sorry. Hey, I'm sure he's a great kid. I'm rooting for the best for him. Every single one of those cliches. Okay, he had seven catches for 80 yards this year. And look, Michigan, this isn't salty Michigan State fans saying this next sentence. This is a very, uh, you know, I think uh, unbiased look. Because Michigan does a lot of good things this year, right? They were a great team. They made the Final Four. They were favored in that semifinal game as well. Uh, they do a lot of great things. Having wide receivers is not one of those good things. It's not like Michigan had this stacked wide receiver room that they just couldn't find snaps for Andrew Anthony in. Like, no, no, no. Snap, snaps were there for Andrew Anthony to take. 
But if he's not good enough to pop up on the depth chart on that Michigan team, guys, like I, I know that we don't have Ohio State's wide receiver room in East Lansing, but I just don't see how it's an upgrade over, I don't know, like Montori Foster or, uh, oh God, Cade <laughs> McDonald, honestly. I, I don't know. Like I just, I just don't see how it's that big of an upgrade, especially when you only have three slots available. Like I'd be fishing for... Well, more offensive linemen or more secondary players because I still feel okay about how the wide receiver room looks next year with Keon Coleman. Uh, you got Trey Mosley in the mix, so I, yeah, I, I don't, I don't see it. Now, look, of course, if he got against all odds, does get here, like, could I talk myself into it being good? Yeah, sure, I guess. You know, oh, it's the. Redemption story, fresh start, all that stuff. But, like, I don't know. After two years at Michigan where snaps were to be had in the receiver room, I don't really see it. And I think a lot of that is fogged because of just how incredible of a game he had in Spartan Stadium last year. And uh, if you don't watch a lot of Michigan games beyond the times they play Michigan State, yeah, you would probably be very surprised to see how little he did outside of that game in East Lansing. That was a career game for him, and he hasn't even come remotely close to replicating those numbers in any other game. Heck, he's only replicated those numbers in every other game he's played combined in his career. So, yeah, uh, there you have it. I guess if you could promise that he's going to be going up against a terrible secondary, sure, bring him in. Uh, Why not? I I don't care. But, yeah, hey, again, good luck to him. East Lansing kid, go get him. All right, so yeah, that's my take on the Andrew Anthony situation. Um, I don't know how many fans are serious about bringing him home, but there, it was loud. It was loud on Wednesday night after his the news of his transfer was announced. So just wanted to add my uh, two cents. So there you have it, folks. We will be back on Monday, or actually really Sunday on YouTube is when we'll drop the post-Michigan game reaction pod. And then just like I said next week, hey, we're going to be back doing video. Uh, We got the guests in the mix. Thank you so much for hanging out with us here at Locked on Spartans, your team every single day. Now go enjoy the rest of your weekend. Love you all. Go Green.